Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, you can be seated. I want to remind you that next Sunday, I'm really excited about this. Well, one, next Sunday, uh, we are actually having a baptism here, which is really awesome. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm also excited about this. Next Sunday, uh, I'm starting a new series. As you know, I like to go through um, the text of the scripture um, and uh, really listen to what it's saying to us and hopefully help you apply that in everyday life. And so next Sunday, from next Sunday, January 7th through November 3rd, we are going to be going through every parable in the scriptures. We're going to do it. Um, we're going to do it chronologically as well. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I really am. And uh, I hope you will join us for that. I think we're actually, uh, Miranda's working on some check sheets too. We're going to have a little thing because I've already, I've already mapped out the whole year and we're going to be able to check right off and you can go through every one of the parables. And I'm excited about that. I think there's a lot. It's called Jesus the Storyteller. And I'm very excited to listen and to hear what God is saying to us in that. So, um, yeah, I say that to say this. Um, this message today is different than what I usually do. I want to tell you that ahead of time. Uh, you guys know I usually take a text of Scripture and then we look through it. Um, I, I, today's a little different. Today is actually more of a topical thing uh, and... Some, if they heard it, might think that it's a uh, self-help message. (laughs) I don't know. I think every message is a self-help because God is helping us. But it's a little different than I I usually do. So I'm ready to reveal the title, if we're ready in the back. The title of the message is, are we ready? Do not make a New Year's resolution. That is the title of the message today. How many people have made a New Year's resolution already? Be honest, raise your hand. <laughs> Did you really, Brandon? Two people. One that raised their hand high, the other one that is, didn't want everybody to know, Shelly. Anyway, um, so I knew Shelly had because she told me before this. I said, don't do it. Do not make a New Year's resolution. I want to tell you what I do every year. Every year... Around mid-November, I start really praying, and I start seeking God on what He wants me to focus on the following year. Um, And I used to do New Year's resolutions, but I don't do those anymore. I I do this because I think New Year's resolutions are worthless. I I started um, trying to see what God wanted me to focus on every year. And do you guys ever have those times whenever God wants you to focus on something and you're not sure you want to focus on it or you're not ready to focus on it. Well, here I am living the dream. That's what God wanted me to focus on this year. And I'm going to tell you what it is. And when I tell you, you're going to understand why I don't really want to focus on it, even though I know I need to. So I've already went out and bought at least two different books about this topic. And I've started reading both of those and I've started researching these things. I take deep dives. Last year was all about transition for me. Uh, and so I really deep dove into transitions and what happened in people's lives when they transitioned different ways. Uh, for us, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a transitional time for us. 
Everybody, uh, with the exception of the dog, was in school, it felt like. I wrote a million checks to schools. Um, and I'm never doing that again as long as I live. So uh, Wendy asked me, hey, what do you think about me getting your doctorate? And I said, you tell you and your next husband that good luck um, because then we're not doing it in my house. Um, and, uh, and everybody knows here that that's a lie because if Wendy wants a doctorate, Wendy gets a doctorate. Anyway, so, um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, she'll just have to write the check. Um, no, uh, and Blake, of course, graduated a few weeks ago from University of Georgia. Uh, and if you don't know, Blake, we, we actually leave right after the service. We're heading straight up to Nashville. We move Blake. Um, and so 2023 is ending in transition for us because we move him up to Nashville to chase his dream for a while to see where it goes. If he shows up two months from now, you'll know where it went. All right. So, so and you know what? That's okay, too. Um, I think that it's important for our children. Uh, scripture always says, uh, you know, everybody always likes to quote the scripture, train up a child in the way they should go. And when, they all, when they're old, they won't depart. Well, I, I think we miss that a lot as parents. I think we think that the scripture really says, train up a child in the way that I think that they should go. Um, and I'm just dumb enough to think that God uh, loves Blake and cares about Blake as much as I do. And so what we've tried to do is, is raise, up, uh, raise him up in, in, under God's word. And then now he has to decide where God wants to take him. And so that's kind of what we're doing with him. So, you know, is it easy? It's not always easy. Uh, but I do believe that's the case. So we're, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you we're going to go over a little bit today. So sorry uh, if you have an appointment at 1130 at a restaurant. Uh, you can either get up and leave and we'll talk about you when you leave, or you can hang out with us um, and, uh, and listen to this very valuable message. Uh, the word is self-control. That's what God has asked me to focus on in 2024. I know, right? Oh boy, I know, I know. Proverbs 16, 32 says this. Here's what it says. Better to be patient than powerful Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. <clears throat> Proverbs 25, 28 says this too. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. One of the fruits of the Spirit, as we know, in Galatians is self-control. Um... It's funny because God promises that he's not going to leave us. He's promises. Not. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, by the way, is always misquoted. People think that it means that God's not, going to, um, God's not going to put more on you that you can handle. And I'm like, of course he's going to put more on you than you can handle. Why would you need him if you didn't? So are you kidding me? That's, a, that's laughable. What it says is you're not going to be tempted past um, uh, what you can handle. And it says, let's just read it. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He'll not allow the temptation to be here. It is more than you can stand. Uh, he won't allow that. Uh, and, we're, and here's why he won't allow it. Because when you're tempted, he'll show you a way out so that you can endure. He will show you a path. And we're going to see that at the end. He'll show you a path so that you can have that way out. So that you will be able to endure and have self-control. That's, that's what he's going to show you. And so, man, we're going to deep dive in for it today. Why self-control? important to God. Well, it is important to God. And here's why. It's because that's the way he built us. And you're going to see that in a minute. He built us that way. He built us to be self-controlled. I love the way Tony Evans says this. 
Tony Evans says it like this. He says, in your spiritual life, and I think we miss this a lot, in your spiritual life, you are first to experience deliverance. Now, deliverance, a lot of churches stop on deliverance because they want to put the number of people that were saved in the role so they can go into the next person. But that's not where it starts. That's, what, that's, not where it's, it, that's where it starts. It's not where it stops. Deliverance is you accepting Christ. You give your life over to Christ. You've been delivered. Delivered from what? Delivered from the life of sin. Delivered from your old ways. Scripture says that we will receive a new, that, that, that all things will be created and they will be created in new. So that's deliverance. But what we miss a lot of times is developing. We develop. And that's what God molds us into, and he guides us, and he shapes us. And that's the sanctification process for us. So you get delivered, and then you're developed. And you may think, well, what am I developed for? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because a lot of times we think this third part is something that it's not. And you're, de you're, you're, you're delivered, and then you're developed for destiny. And destiny, what Dr. Evans says, is destiny is not heaven. I want you to hear that. It's not heaven. Destiny is your call, and destiny is what you were created to do. Destiny is what makes a very uh, thriving and healthy 68-year-old man travel all over the world. That's what destiny does. Destiny has uh, someone who will just step out and not have a job and plant a church. Are you with me? Destiny is what you're called to. But a lot of us, a lot of us, because we lack certain things, one being self-control, we don't ever see destiny because we're stuck and develop and we go over and over and over again. There's certain people that I know that are just made to do certain things. I'm going to tell you, if you've ever been in a classroom um, with, uh, with Miss Anderson here in our, in our kindergarten, Miss Anderson was born to teach kindergarten children. She is excellent at it. She was born to do that. She is excellent. And everyone sees that. And everyone, she is excellent at it. She was born to do that. And she has been delivered. She has developed. And her destiny is here with us. And I'm thankful for that. Destiny's not heaven. That is our final destination. It's where we will experience perfection. But I want to tell you something. We also have a destiny here. It's what we were saved for. It's what we were saved to do. And a lot of people, I think, come and they sit. And what they do is, is they develop and develop and develop and develop and develop. And they never step out into what God's called them to do. So let's talk about self-control then in that area because self-control is a huge part of this. And I want to go over some key factors of self-control. I'm going to try to help you today understand why maybe you don't have the self-control that you need. Let me say once again, God called me to speak this today and I don't necessarily like it because I see myself in a lot of these. Are you with me? I'm learning right along with you. The first thing I want to tell you about self-control is, is that you have an enemy. And the enemy always looks for opportune times to remove 
and to trip you up in your, your, your pursuit of having self-control. It's like this. There are, there are, I heard someone say this, there are cold states and there are hot states. All right. In a cold state, when you're, when you're fine, everything's going great. You are, let me give it a good example. Let's just say you are motivated. You got up this morning and you worked out and you had a quiet time and you had your great coffee and you had a great breakfast and you go to work and you're feeling great. That's a cold state. You walk into the, to the, to the office and someone, a worker of Satan probably, brought in a dozen donuts. Now you've gotten up, you've done your workout, you've done everything, you've, you've communed with God, but you're in a cold state and you're fine. And you're like, no, I think I'm going to pass up on those things because God wants me to be self-controlled. I'm not hungry and I don't want them. Fast forward three hours later. You've gotten chewed out by three co-workers and you've got, you've got stress going on and it's, it's height. And someone comes in and says, hey, there's a dozen crumble cookies in the conference room. And what you do is, is you say, you know what? That crumble cookie is going to solve all of my problems, at least for the next 10 minutes. It's a hot state. Do you know, do you know that we have an enemy? And do you know that the enemy looks for opportune times? Most of the time, it's when you're tired, angry, lonely, um, bored, those are times when the enemy looks for opportune times. He did the same thing for Jesus. We see in Luke 4, we see the temptation of Christ. Jesus was hungry. He hadn't eaten. And what does he do? What does he come do? You know what he comes and does? He says, hey, I bet you're hungry, aren't you? I bet that loaf of bread would be good. Why don't you turn, turn that rock into a loaf of bread? Why don't you do that? If you do that, I will give you this. I will be your answer. And Jesus says, no. And then he quotes scripture back to him. Which brings me to this. In order for you to maintain self-control in your life, you cannot not have a plan on how you're going to deal with the temptations that come your way. I had a friend of mine. He was in a relationship and I'll never forget this. He was in a relationship and he said, he said, um, he was with his girlfriend and they got back to his girlfriend's house and his girlfriend's uh, family wasn't home. They weren't home. He was 17 years old and they weren't home. And so the girlfriend was like, Hey, you want to watch a movie or whatever? And he was like, yeah, no problem. Well, the garage door was closed. He didn't know the parents weren't home. So he walked in and they, they sat down and he like, I wonder where the parents are. He said, hey, are your folks home? He said, no, no, they're not back yet. They'll be home soon. So he sat down. And you don't have to get this extreme, but he sat down and they started watching a movie and he started feeling sexually tempted. And you know what he did? He jumped up and said, I got to go. And he ran out to his car and left. And she was bawling, crying. And she said, you don't like me. You don't like me. He said, no, I like you too much. I'm out of here. And he ran. 
He ran away. His plan was to run away. That was his plan. That's a good plan. It's a great plan. You have to have a plan too. You do. You have to have a plan for when you have these times when your energy is depleted. And I know this is going to make you mad, but I want to tell you this. This is facts. Y'all, some people have more self-control than other people. And it's not because they're more spiritual. It's just because it's a fact. It's just a fact. My wife ticks me off. She does. You know why she ticks me off? She's had a little crick in her neck. She had a pain in her neck for 28 years. That's me. But she's had a crick in her neck for the past three days. And she's very upset because she hasn't been able to work out. Doesn't that tick y'all off? Like, she's like literally upset. Like, it makes me so mad. And I would be like going, my neck's kind of hurting, you know? I'm going to lay on the couch over here. Can you grab me the remote and maybe something to drink? She has more self-control than I do. She does. Why do you think my son is a, is, is, is a good guitar player? Well, because he is more disciplined and has more self-control, and he's set up in his room, and he practiced and practiced and practiced. Listen, I can play guitar. I'm about a C-minus guitar player. I am. About a C-minus. You know why I'm a C-minus? Because I, I would practice for about 15 minutes and say, well, I'm bored. Put it down and go do something else. We're all different. I want to tell you that Satan looks for opportune times and you have to know what those are. Here's the next thing I want to tell you, and and it's this. And I told you this was going to be a little different. I'm just sharing with you my heart today, you guys, and what God's teaching me. And it's, it's the next thing is this. Guys, listen, I don't know if you realize this. We get so much from prayer that we don't realize. Do you guys know that prayer increases self control? Do you know that? When I say prayer increases self control, I'm not talking about, yes, whenever I feel self, not self control, I'm going to, no. Prayer increases self-control. There is scientific studies that prove that prayer and meditation increases self-control. They've discovered this, that when you ask the brain to pray, that it gets better not just in the act of praying, but also in a range of other areas that have self-control. And that makes total sense to me. You know why it does? Because the biggest thing that you can do to fight off the enemy is to connect with God on a daily basis. There was a study done, and I love that there was a study done of two groups. Two groups. The one study, they didn't tell them what they were doing. The one study, they, they, they said, we want, you to, we want you to pray and meditate. And this study... We said, no, you're not going to pray and meditate. So we had two groups. Do you know as they went through the battery of tests, and this was universal, that the group that prayed and meditated on God's word, do you know what happened? They had more self-control. They didn't, they didn't take the bait. They didn't show anger. They didn't, and on and on and on. And when they did, they were very quick to resort back to and to be centered on what God would have them do. Isn't that incredible? Prayer increases self-control. So there's opportune times that the devil looks for, and prayer increases self-control. Here's another thing that I want you to know that God's teaching me, and it's this. 
The enemy always takes the shortcut. The enemy always takes the shortcut. I want to tell you a little thing about life. A lot of us think that, think that well, I'm just not, I'm just not, uh, I'm not spiritual enough and I'm not. Listen, I want to tell you something. There is no secret magic hack in life. There's not. There's no cheat code. There's no magic diet pill. There's no snapping your fingers. And every infomercial you, you see after 11 o'clock because you can't sleep, they're all a lie. And I want you to hear that. There is none. There's none at all. I want to tell you something. What you put into your relationship with God is what you get out of your relationship with God. It's facts. It's facts. God can only do for you to the level that you're willing to give over to Him. That's it. Self-control. Self-control. Why is that? Well, He created the world. It's why, I heard somebody say this the other day, they were like, it's one, it's one of the reasons why it really frustrates me whenever people, listen, I'm all for giving people a hand up. I want to help people. I want to give to people. I'm the most giving person you'll meet. I want to help people. Our church here is big time on giving. We want to give people a hand up. That's what we want to do. But I want to tell you something. Whenever you continually do that over a long period of time with someone, you are causing more harm than you are good. You are. I learned that with my own daughter. I literally had to have a counselor tell me after seven years to say, listen, what's your biggest fear? I said, my biggest fear is that she's going to she's gonna die you know, of some alcohol poisoning or, or drug overdose. And he, he said, if you keep funding her, she's going to die sooner. You have no control over that. So you need to control what you can control and let the rest go. And I had to do that myself. God created this system. And His system centers around discipline and self-control. It was His idea that that is how we are molded and shaped. And that's exactly how the world works. And your question may be, why does it work that way? Why is it that God created the system that way. I want to tell you something, and I don't ever want you to forget this. Self-control brings about freedom. It does. Self-control brings about freedom. I'm going to ask you this question. Think about this for a second. If you had self-control in your finances, would you be free? Some of you may be burdened by debt. If you had self-control in your finances, would you be free? Would you feel free? If you had self-control in your eating, would you be free? If you had self-control in what you watch, would you be free? If you had self-control in your spiritual walk, would you be free? If you had self-control in your thinking, would you be free? If you had, ooh, this is a big one. I don't even want to say it. If you had self-control in what you say, would you be free? Self-control brings about freedom, and this was all his idea. I want to tell you something. God's way is always going to be tougher than the enemy's way. But I've told you this before. God's ways 
are hard at first, but they're easy to live with. The enemy's ways are easy at first, but they're hard to live with. Listen, it's easy to swipe that credit card, but it's hard to carry that burden of debt. It's easy to go off on someone. And if we're being honest, it feels kind of good. But it's hard to deal with the fallout from your temper. It's easy to lay in that bed and sleep under those warm covers. But it's much, more, much, it's much harder to get up and go for that walk or exercise. It's easy. Not that I did this over the holidays. But it's easy to eat that second piece of triple chocolate cheesecake from Angel and Shellnut, who I'm not sure is not an enemy of, say, I mean, it's, it's one of the enemies. If you've tasted the cheesecake, you'll understand. But you know what's hard? It's hard to deal with the guilt and the feeling that you have when you know you've taken things too far. Self-control. That's the word God has for me this year. So don't, don't do this. Don't do a don't 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 do a New Year's resolution. Don't do that. Do this instead. Commit yourself. If you're delivered, if you're not delivered, commit yourself to, to give your life over to Christ first. And then I want you to commit to developing what God has for you so that you can reach and understand what your purpose and his plan is for your life and your destiny. I've got good news for you on a closing note, though. Do you guys know you have a helper? You do. You have a helper. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, hey, I'm not going to let you be, be tempted. I'm going to show you a way out. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There have been times whenever I've said, God, show me a way out, and he showed me a way out. I said, not that way out. I want a different way out. My own way out. You have a helper. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline and of self-control. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8-11 through 11 says, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, which was his thorn in his side. And each time he said, here it is, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. In our weaknesses, he is strong. So what's the answer to what I'm going to tell you today? What do you do? If you leave here today, what should you do? Well, I'm going to help you with that right now. Here's what I want to tell you to do. Instead of committing not to say, you know, I will only say three cuss words tomorrow. Or I will, I, will, I, will suddenly, I will suddenly turn into, I will suddenly turn into um, this super athletic person. And, and listen, let me say something. If you decide to go that athletic route, please know that we're going to change the name of our church to Orthopedic Baptist. All right, because literally there's people sitting right. I think we average about three people in cast at this church at all times. There are more knee replacements in here. I mean, I'm just telling you, we have. We, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so instead of doing all those things, 
and instead of trying to be Superman and building all these things up, why don't you do this? Why don't you seek first the kingdom? Why don't you tomorrow morning connect with God? Not because you have to, but because you want to. And start with Him and talk to Him and then let Him reveal to you the things that you need to have more self-control over. The things that you need to, to adjust. Connect with Him. Just a little secret. He created you. He knows what you need. Connect with Him and let Him do that process. I would go so far as to say this. What the enemy wants you to do is to think that if you do the checkbox things of this, 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 and this, that you'll have it all together. And that's not true. And you're going to fail after a couple of weeks, and you're going to go right back into the process. I want to encourage you to do this instead. Connect with God and let Him walk you through the process. And it's not going to take a week, and it's not going to take two weeks, and it's not going to take a month, and it's not going to take six months. It's probably going to take a year or longer. You know why? Because God doesn't take shortcuts. And you may think, well, gosh, why would, why would God not take shortcuts? Wouldn't we want it the fastest? No, you're missing the point. You see, the growth is not in the end. The growth is in the process. And that's where, because his whole desires have a relationship with you. Yesterday I celebrated 28 years of marriage, all in a row, by the way. 28 years of marriage, all in a row. I know, I know. They're clapping for you, honey. They're like, I don't know how she does it, but I tell you what, she needs a hand. Listen, <clears throat> do you know, do you know as we sit here today, today I'm very happy about that. I'm very excited about that. But do you know, you know what makes me the most excited and to think about is all the process that it took to get to today. That's where the joy was. That it is. That's where the joy was. And so instead of dreading your New Year's resolution tomorrow, why don't you do this? Why don't you embrace it and say, God, I'm not making a New Year's resolution. I just want to connect with you and then I want you to guide me and lead me and I'm going to wait and listen and learn and I'm going to do my part because I know you're going to do yours. And God, whenever I do mess up, I know your grace is going to be sufficient to get me back on the right path. And God, whenever I'm tired, whenever I'm hungry, I'm going to be alert to those things, just like Jesus was. And I'm going to be alert to the fact that, that whenever I get sleepy or whenever I get tired, I'm going to probably not be, be so great to be around. And so I'm going to adjust my life to things. So whenever I come home from work, I'm tired, and so I probably don't need to talk to anybody for the next 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Or better yet, you can do what I do sometimes, is whenever I've been tired, had a long day at work, I actually put on some kind of music to get my brain right. And I pray and say, God, I, want, I don't want to give my work all, everything. I want to leave some, some, some for my family. And so I'm going to work now. I've been in a bad mood, but I'm going to leave this back, and I'm going to go forward. And then if you do get home and you do yell at your kid, do what I always did. I go to my son and say, Blake, I'm an idiot. Will you forgive me? And he'll say, Dad, you're not an idiot. Yes, I forgive you. 
And then you move throughout. See, I think if we, and this is so funny, and I'm going to end on this. The biggest thing that the enemy wants you to feel is awkward about connecting with God. Because he knows it's the most important thing in your life. He would much rather you say, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. No, just connect with God and he will walk you through that path. He will. And if you need help in an area, I promise you, if you'll tell him, he will show you a way. You just have to listen. So go on this journey with me of self-control this year and come ready next week to dig into the stories of Jesus. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the people that are here. I'm thankful for their willingness to listen, to learn, and to grow. God, I pray that you would do great things in our midst, and I also pray, God, that you would do what only you can do, and that is give us, give us the self-control that we need. Prompt us Teach us in the middle of it and let us realize it's not going to be a one-week issue. It's not a one-month issue. It's a year issue or longer. And let us right now embrace that knowing that the journey is where the joy is. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand up for a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.